everyone, and welcome to another episode of Looking for Love and All the Wrong Dust Jackets, a show where three disgruntled harpies talk to you about everything we love in romance, whether that's books, movies, TV shows, whatever we like. I'm Liz. I'm Danny. I'm Wiggles. And welcome to the episode. <laughs> Today we are talking about the book Obsidian Feathers by N. Caceres. But before we talk about that book, I got to level the playing field for everyone and make sure we all are aware that this is an, an 18 plus podcast. We are sassy. We're unhinged. We swear. And this is a dark romance. So we have a lot of bedroom activity to talk about. Indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you're not into that, I totally get it. Uh, and maybe this isn't for you or maybe stick around and it is for you and you just didn't know yet. Yeah, baby. <laughs> you got to love those realizations. <laughs> we, we all find out eventually. <laughs> um, but before we talk about bedroom activity, what have you guys been up to lately? Well, I finished The Fox Club King by Hannah Witten. Um, I think it's a pretty decent start to the steer- series. Uh, I not sure how I feel about it as a standalone. Like, it, it does it stand entirely on its own feet? I don't know. It feels very much like it needs the next book. Um, but I enjoyed it mostly. So I did not have the same mm, desire to like tear through it that I had with uh for the wolf. Sure. So. I would, I would, I would, I would not recommend it. Liz? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I read Jane and Edward by Melanie Edwards, which is a contemporary reimagining of Jane Eyre. And holy shenanigans, did I love this book. Oh my goodness. It's so good. Uh, I was super nervous going into it because I'm Jane Eyre is like one of my top five, top three books of all time. And I, I didn't know what to expect, but it lived up to it. I think she did a really good job of honoring the honoring the original text while also like giving us this really cool reimagining. And there are some of the like some of the romance scenes. Oh, my God. Huh. Uh, I got the vapors. Oh, we love the vapors. <laughs> well, not the vapors in like a sexy way, but like in a oh, that was so cute. Oh my god. <laughs> way. I like so. those vapors too. Yeah. I so been a little down, so I was like, I'm gonna watch something fun. Um, I did not remember certain things about what I watched. Um, so it got not fun real quick. But Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Mm. that show which is gorgeous and it's so much fun it is a musical because she gets stuck in an mri and well well the radio is playing and so now she hears heart songs so it's it's people singing their inner emotions to her Mm -hmm. and she is then obligated to help them otherwise the song follows her around which is really funny until you get to the point where her dad is is having a um medical crisis essentially and has been for a while and he's slowly becoming kind of trapped in his own body and he can sing heart songs to her which is really emotional but yeah um i kind of forgot that the end of the first season gets really dark um so i did a lot of crying Mm -hmm. and then i played a lot of disney dreamlight valley and then remembered that there is actually a trigger warning in that for depression so yeah nailed it nailed it (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. <laughs> but I'm good, so. Okay. Let's talk about Obsidian Feathers. Wiggles, what the author do? 
So, Anne Caceres is a proud Latina and indigenous woman who was born and raised in San Francisco, California. She grew up longing to paint magic all over the world with love stories that have teeth, grit, and complex characters. Stop it. Lock it up. (laughs) I would have been fine if you didn't look at me. I'm trying not. Okay, we'll pick this back up. Um... She grew up longing to paint magic all over the world with love stories that have teeth, grit, and complex characters. And somewhere along the way, she, you know, like the rest of us, had to make money. So she was like, I guess I'm going to abandon that thought. And then she came back to it and was like, "Uh, or I could write you some dark romance shit. Um, And so that's what she does now. And Erotic Horror, which is, uh, I believe, her second book. Um... Can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. I think it's the Salt Road or Salt Kissed Road. Yes. Um, I believe it's the Salt Road. And so, yeah. She also says when she did come back to, to creating, it was in the form of a burning compulsion to tell stories that bite back. We recommend cream for that, but she's too stubborn to listen. So instead of cream, she chose attacking an innocent keyboard. This is her quote, not mine. Um, so I think that tells you pretty much what you need to know about the author um yeah and i uh, i want to you know let other authors know that if you want to just like put some information about yourself <laughs> in the book and save me some time i would i would appreciate it just from from me to you all right <laughs> it's i just have to take a tiny tangent it's really funny to me the like call out to authors because it's like oh nobody's gonna listen to it no except you did that in, abs- in half a soul, you were like, Olivia, you can just get on writing more. And her husband has listened to that. Her cousin knows Her, husband. her husband. yeah. <laughs> so in my head, I'm like, you know what? Maybe Wiggles can just talk to authors. Maybe I can. And then <laughs> Who's we gonna all stop lost me? our brains. Who's going to stop me? I did also yell at her for charging too much for her book. So you like did. potato, potato. <laughs> yeah, but um, that's not really up to her considering she's traditionally published. It's true. It's true. And I didn't say like... It was her fault. I was just no. like, you're charging too much for this book because it's too skinny, <laughs> which I stand by. <laughs> I stand in my truth with that one. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> well, thanks, Wiggles, for reading us the back of the book. It was like a little bedtime story, except it's not bedtime. It's talk about it's book time. bedtime. Okay. Oh, okay. my. <laughs> Please don't look at me in those eyes again. Oh, I will. I you, will. You put those away. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Does somebody want to do an overview of what the story is about? I suppose I can do that for us. Go for it. Sorry, you just all, you looked at me all look like I wasn't supposed to. And I'm like, no, you are. Help us, Danny. Get us out of this. <laughs> okay, so this book is about Sal and Sochi. And um, they get married in a park when they are 10 and 11 years old. She thinks it's just a fun thing. They're married by his cousin, whatever, and then she's like, okay, bye, and runs away. It was not just a thing. They were legitimately married in the eyes of his people. Um, And then they grow up, and she hasn't seen him in 20 years, you know, whatever. She's doing her thing, except for the fact that she's being horribly abused by her mother. And she doesn't see that she's being horribly abused by her mother. Everything is controlled by her. Her mother has a power of attorney over her. She is choose her apartment choose her job choose her husband Yuckers. gross and um, her friends and friends she literally has nobody to talk to about all this 
And the one place that she has to escape is her bathroom, because sadly, that is the only room that her mother won't. So one day she has to go down to El Salvador um, because the person that is working down there trying to get a contract can't speak Spanish, which is just a choice they made. Why would you send somebody down there that doesn't speak Spanish? Oh, um, probably racism. Yeah, yeah. that's the one. Yeah. Right yeah, that yep. one. Yep. So she has to go down there to translate, and she's just become engaged over text message. Mm-hmm. Every to, girl's dream. Like, every girl's dream to Shane, who she doesn't really want to be with. She really doesn't like, and the ring is hideous, just saying. So she gets down there, and she takes a little walk on the beach, and then she bumps into a guy, and it's a really cute meet-cute. And then a seagull shits on her. That does happen, yes. And they go on, he like, oh, they have napkins at this bar, and they go have a nice little drink together, and then she starts to work the next day. Well, then this enchanted dog breaks into her hotel room in the middle of the night and attacks her. And then when she wakes up, she's in a completely different place on the side of a volcano with the guy and all his people. Yeah. You know how you like to wake up in undisclosed locations yep yeah it just makes a girl feel safe with a guy that you went on one one and a half dates with (laughs) you're like oh great but then hilarity ensues it really doesn't but you know i was like oh i think that's the one thing that doesn't ensue (laughs) danny i was like oh agree to disagree (laughs) (laughs) um so I want to kick us off with talking a little bit about the world, because this is a book that is inspired heavily by uh, South American folklore and and mythology and all of that, which was really cool to read because so much of the stuff we read is like very Eurocentric. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I was excited to explore a different mythos of these Mm -hmm. shifter, not shifter people. Yeah, because so they're called uh, the Cadejo. Cadejo. I'm I'm sorry. Spanish isn't. I don't know Spanish. I'm going to be straight up and honest. So if I say something that sounds stupid, I apologize. I took French. I took ASL. So I did take Spanish, but that was like over a decade ago. Yeah. So it's yeah. so you're now fluent, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but full respect, totally to to the language. Yes. It, we are yeah. not murdering it by choice. We are murdering it by ignorance, l- lack of us being cool. Yeah. That. Yeah. That too. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, so um, this is a, a a folklore that has a very specific history, and I think she does. From my from my limited understanding of it, she she does it pretty good justice. But one of the things that the main character or the male main character talks about is that they're often called ghost dogs or spirit dogs, but they're neither. They're not really dogs, and they're not like werewolves. Um, although he implies that there are were- werewolves in this reality, which then just makes me like really curious about what else exists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. Like really curious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I really want another book that's just like doesn't even have to be related. Just tell me about your world. Because <laughs> like one thing that the author knocks out of the park with this book is is her world building. Very good. Absolutely. Well, and I think the other thing that was enjoyable about it is it also still felt familiar. Like mm-hmm. having read as many shifter romances as we've read, I was like, cool, I get the premise. Like I can really grab onto it mm-hmm. while also getting something new. Yeah. 
the shifter part snuck up on me too. Like I, it's I, I knew that there was going to be a paranormal aspect to it. I read the back of the book. I'm not dumb, but it also was like it came, it didn't come, and it didn't come, and it didn't come, and all of a sudden, bam, there it is. And I'm like, oh hi, there you are. Um, didn't read the back of the book because this was a Wiggles pick, and I was like, cool, Wigs, I read it. And that often happens to me too. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. They said to read it. So this is what I'm reading. It's and- too much trust. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why I was thinking this was going to be like a, a Faye thing, but not Faye, like a not Faye, but also Faye kind mm-hmm. of vibe. Mm-hmm. And so then it, it came to Shifter, Shifter, not Shifter. I was like, cool. I mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just, I was like, that's, we're going with it. This is what we're doing now. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've got a lot of thoughts, I've got a lot of feelings. A lot of feelings, for sure. So before I really dive into that, I want to talk about some things that I just really liked. One of the things that you get to know about Sochi really early is that she's got a lot of confidence issues in so many aspects of her life. And a lot of that is due to the abuse that her mother puts her through. Although when we first meet her, we don't really realize the extent of it like you it sort of feels like she's just a pushover rather than mm-hmm. she's been trained to be pushed over but one of the things she talks about pretty early on is that one of the few things that she doesn't have any lack of confidence in is her body uh, I really liked the the line I cherish the health and vitality of the body my ancestors had gifted me was the cur- was it the current standard of beauty no but it was mine, and despite all of their attempts to turn it against me, my body was one of the few things in my life I truly delighted in. It was mine. And I just think after how many books have we read where negative body image is like just a factor, mm-hmm. it's really nice to have something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no shyness about her body. Mm-hmm. And she does sound gorgeous. Yes. Well, the drawing on the on the front cover, you're like, Damn. Yeah. I know, yeah. I, <laughs> I appreciate the cover art. I was like, oh, hi. I really like the cover art. Like, a lot of times, I'm not a, the biggest fan of, of actual people on cover art because I, I, I don't know. Like, it, I don't want to be flavored. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to create my own humans in my head. Um, but I really liked this one. I liked that it was. See, I don't like actual like pictures of people. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. having an illustration like this and a very well done illustration yeah. is nice. Um, but it also it's just like really colorful. Mm-hmm. It's got all of the marigolds, right? Marigolds, yes, yes, marigolds on it. Well, it gives you a lot of foreshadowing, right? Because she's yes. wearing the outfit that later on. I'm skipping ahead here, but later on, Sal gives her a very specific dress um, and hairpins and. Um, earrings. Uh, earring, yeah, I was going to say, is it earrings that he also gives her uh, that have a whole lot of symbology to them that she doesn't really fully understand? And even we as the reader don't probably fully understand until later, in right. my opinion. So you get all of this and then you have the the Kadeho like right over her shoulder, right? And you're just like, oh, this is ominous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what did you guys think of the meeting, though, between Sal and Sochi? So their first meeting was really cute. I was rooting for him. I was like, ooh. Okay. Well, okay. We're talking about when they first meet as adults, right? Yeah, not yes. when they're kids. Because, like, the kids one, honestly, that feels like 
anything that would happen on any playground. Right. Right. They gave her a pretty rock. Yes. But kids just. The equivalent of getting like the ring pop. Right. When yeah. you're a kid, right? You're like, ooh, I'm fancy. <laughs> yeah. The kids do that stuff all the time. Like, we're boyfriend, girlfriend now. Yes. And it lasts mm-hmm. two days. Yes. Yeah. And then it's like, I'm Brooklyn. I'm Yeah. He's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but no, when they're adults and Sal uh, manufactures their meat cute. Well, at the time, we don't f- know that he manufactured it. No, we don't. Um, and I'm not upset that he manufactured it. Like, no. That's not what I'm upset about. I mean, he worked really hard to get her there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just thought it was really cute. Uh, it's the imagined, like, happy scenario where you're on vacation and you meet, like, a hottie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? It's cute. <laughs> hottie on the beach and then a seagull poops on you. Yeah, well, that that feels very much like the the natural progression of that scenario if yeah. it were to happen to me. <laughs> you know, like, oh, here's a good thing. Here's some bird shit. Thank you. The universe has balanced things out. <laughs> I love that that's from then on. She's if Seagulls are her enemy. Wouldn't they be yours? Yes. <laughs> yes, they would. They're rats with wings. <laughs> they are rats with wings. Well, it's also like the... I don't know, the like fantasy that some guy just comes up and is like, mm-hmm, I pick you. You are mine. I want this one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, being hot, good bonus. Good I bonus. Mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he is. Well, and then he like does the whole, let's ha- have dinner or whatever the next night. And she's like, I don't know. Don't worry. I'll send you a dress and everything. Yeah. Right. Because he sends her the dress right away. Well, he sends her to a store that right. has a whole bunch of clothes that are her size, which is like, boy, you're not going to out of the ballpark. <laughs> like, oh, you know my, you know where to send me to shop. Ooh, we, we've got, we've got things to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Gorgeous clothes and they're all her size and then he pays for everything. Yeah. Not saying I need a man to pay for everything, but it'd be nice once. As we've talked about before, I'm okay with being a kept woman. Yeah. But I, but nobody wants to keep me. <laughs> um, but my first thought, though, when she agrees to go on, like, the next date with him, and she's in a city she's unfamiliar with, she is there basically alone, because even though she's on a work trip, this other guy is, I don't know, somewhere. Full jackhole. Yeah. I'm just like, this is how you get murdered. I know. I'm the same thing. I'm like, girl, you are. I'm worried. I've seen too much. Mm-hmm investigation discovery i think to a certain extent she doesn't care which is uh speaks to her mental state at the yeah. time her whole plan was to get lost in the in the jungle yeah she flat out like she was she left the ring on the thing and the the prenup mm-hmm. on her counter and she was like i'm gonna get lost in the jungle i'm not coming back and that does have to speak to her level of beat downness mm-hmm that she was just like, hmm, I could get lost and I wouldn't give a shit. Well, and then uh, is it the is it after their first meeting or their 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 date that she goes back to the hotel and goes, listen, <laughs> I'm far too hot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's after their date. After their date, yeah, uh, and proceeds to like take care of herself. <laughs> but like the whole time she's envisioning him like hovering at the edge of the bed and above her <laughs> we find out afterwards he's like fully just like listening at the grate to her uh vocalizations if you will 
Yep, he was in the because he owns the hotel that she is staying in. Mm, yes, and he is staying in the room above her, and he can hear her masturbating through the gate, the vent. And they kept mentioning the vent because she threw her clothes in that direction. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that boy going to be listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was a hot scene. It was. it was a hot scene. It was a good scene. Well, and there was a part of me that because it was a supernatural romance, I was like, is he like sort of like misty there? You know, I had that thought, too. I was like, is this a shadow monster yeah, thing? Yeah. Like- <laughs> God, that'd be hot. That moment is about the last time I don't hate Sal. Yeah. Yeah, things take a go downhill. Interestingly enough, the book itself doesn't necessarily go downhill. Just the one character does. And unfortunately, he's our male main character. Yes. So. And I don't I don't know how to like fully put into words how much I hate this man. I like he would kill me in a brawl. Let a uh, no question. Powers or no powers, right? But I would still fight him on sight. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go in knowing I'm taking a noble sacrifice. I don't know why, but I just envision having like a nail file. You know, the ones that have the pointy ends and stabbing mm-hmm. him in the eye. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's like that is specifically what I want to do to him. <laughs> Shit. I'm going to be a little aggressive. I apologize. Uh, we're we're gonna tell you why just because like up till this point he's, he's a pretty good guy and you're like oh wow how nice and then you're like oh no fuck are you <laughs> um yeah well the scene where everything goes down right so there's she gets attacked in her hotel room or she gets almost attacked by a different kajeho and she ends up passing out and what we know but don't know is that, you know, Sal saves her. And then he just, like, whisks her away to this, like, secluded community on the side of a mountain. And, you know, I'm like, okay, this is vibes. This is shifter vibes. I yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is cool. So far, so fine. Uh, only she wakes up, freaks out because she's in an unknown place with unknown people. Right. And hides out in the bathroom until he like half shifts and rips the bathroom door off and has some dubious consensual sex maybe with her i mean the sex isn't maybe but the consent is somewhere yes yes and you're like okay okay um you know this is a dark romance so maybe he's gonna like pull back and redeem himself yeah but i can promise you if if you don't want to listen to the rest of this Please understand, it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better. Uh, no. The consent is there, but it is very coerced-ish. Yes. Well, and- And, and that happens in a lot of romance it, books. It does. Uh, a lot of the, the bad behavior that happens in this book does happen in romance novels that are not dark romances, but s- still- this this goes above and beyond because so what it essentially happens is he pins her down in the bathroom and is like yep i'm gonna have me a snack <laughs> and he, he 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 gets to licking that ice cream if you will and uh he's just going for it and she kind of gives in because of shock and oh my god, this guy's good at what he's doing. And he's also, like, half-shifted, so, like, he's got an extra long tongue, if you catch what I'm saying, ladies. (laughs) 
And yeah, so, yeah. like, how how consenty was the consent? Uh, well, she, like, she never says. Like one thing they keep coming back to is like she never said no, and I'm like she also never said yes. You also just ripped the door off of her bathroom, came in in this monstrous form that she's never seen before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm probably gonna lie there and go with what's happening too in that because yeah. I don't want to piss off the guy with claws and fangs who's already cutting you to bits. Yeah, yes. he cuts into her a lot. He cuts her thighs so much that afterwards. After his quote-unquote failed mating, his cousin has to come in and, like, put salve and shit on her legs. And, and magically heal her. Yeah. And she could really use it up her hoo apparently, too. And he's like, no, man, I can't touch that or I will get murdered. <laughs> well, and the most important part that we're missing here is that is the failed mating part, right? Mm-hmm. So he, he takes her back to the bed. They're fucking. He turns back into like a human form to complete the deed. And he's like asking her to agree to an actual mating. And she's like, I don't, I don't fucking know you. Bro. <laughs> no. Because I don't know what that means. Yeah. Well, and it, he at the time, he's basically saying, tell me you're mine. And she's like, no. Right. And I'm very proud of her in that moment because she's really beaten down by life and it would have been real easy for her to be like, yes, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's what her mother has fucking trained her to do all of her fucking life. Very proud of her in that moment because she, she stands up for herself. I do really love that in this book is as much as she has been beaten down by her mother and everybody else around her, she fights him. Eventually. Mm-hmm. But in this moment... Yeah, no. He gets mad at her that she doesn't agree to the the mating and handcuffs her to the bed, finishes on top of her, and then leaves her to bleed out on his bed. Yes! And the only thing he does is send his cousin in, the, like, healer, and says, go patch her up. And they both leave her buck-ass naked. Yeah, and and handcuffed. handcuffed And handcuffed to the fucking bed. It is only... Like the next day, yeah. When his morning. cousin, his other cousin, uh, Julia. Julie, Julia, comes in and is like, "Fuck these fucking guys! I'm unlocking this." And they have a whole conversation where, so she's like, "Aren't you gonna get in trouble?" She's like, "I don't give a fuck." Yeah, fuck these guys. <laughs> well, she also then has the conversation with her that you are you are essentially our queen. You are not below him in any way, shape, or form. Well, and she has that conversation, but so she is once again like, the fuck are you talking about? Nobody explains shit to her. That is what irritates me in this yes. book is nobody explains shit to her. I'm like, we need to have conversations. Communication's key, y'all. Yeah. Communication yeah. is sexy. Yes. You can still be dark and have all your BDSM and, you know. The whole point of BDSM, though, is consent and understanding. Exactly. Yes. And that is, there's no, one thing that is critically frustrating throughout this entire book is Sal will always say things like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to be worthy of you. And I'm going to do this, this, and this. And I like, you're, you're, you're a queen. You're everything. You're great. Right. And then like, will not give her an option to say no. She literally tries to run away multiple times mm-hmm. and he chases her down yes. and brings her back. Yes. I just realized something. He's a fake dom. What can He's you explain? Shit. What did that what do you mean by that? So in BDSM, doms are, you know, in charge, quotation marks there. Really in 
in true BDSM relationships, it is the sub who is actually in control of things because you are supposed to set your boundaries. And if you ever, if they ever get crossed in any way, shape, or form, you have a safe word or some sort of communication that is all something that you set up with your dom ahead of time Mm -hmm. that it is immediately supposed to stop and aftercare is supposed to be started which is where they take care of you which by the way their distinct lack of aftercare in this entire fucking book yes um and there's that's what they're supposed to have these agreements ahead of time because then there isn't really the question of consent because it can always be stopped. So as much as the Dom is, you know, in control, question marks, it is the sub who is in control. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of, there's a big problem in the, the BDSM community of fake Doms, where they think that they're supposed to do all of this stuff, but don't really understand the concept that it's not actually them that's in control ultimately. So Sal, in this case, is doing all of the activities that you would see in BDSM, mm-hmm. but he's missed the crucial component, which is that it is a like agreement. A, it's an agreement, and that agreement instills a level of intimacy. And Correct. if you don't have that, it then becomes borderline abuse. Correct. Well, a violation of that in- intimacy. Right. right. Everything that happens along those lines, too, the frustrating aspect of it is that it's written off as him trying to bring her out of her shell or trying to get to the core of who she is. And I'm sorry, but fuck off. You can find another way. Yeah, it's called therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and honestly, if if you are going to be getting each other out of your shell with these kind of activities... Again, fine. I'm not going to I'm not going to shame you in any way shape or form, but you need to have the proper conversations about it. You need right. to have the understandings and agreements and aftercare is very important. Yes. Well, and there are books that are written where these types of bedroom activities are also used to like help one of the participants like gain a level of confidence mm-hmm. or, you know, explore their intimacy and boundaries and stuff but like you said danny it requires conversations yes Yes. and it requires being able to stop it at a moment's notice if it becomes too much well she she has actively said no to him at times when they're in the middle of this and he's like nah i disagree like he doesn't say it he just keeps going or he like throws a fucking temper tantrum like he's a toddler and dumps her pills in the toilet oh my god that pills thing okay that, you, you brought yeah. it up and now I got to talk about it. Well, I figured we're on this train. Mm-hmm. Let's just get all of our, our shit about this man out the door. Oh, my God. So at one point, Sal and Sochi are having a fight about various things all at the same time, but really only talking about it in the code of will they be able to have children soon? Mm-hmm. And he wants to fill her up. With his seed. They call it get in this one. Yeah. yeah. I find them both disgusting. Yes, uh, clearly. <laughs> but she's like, this might be a direct quote. She goes something like, good luck with that. And he's like, bitch, what the fuck? Well, because they are only getting to know each other at this point. It was like, I don't know, like a month when that scene happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she'd still like not been able to leave the compound. Mm-hmm. I don't know um, if it was even a month. I, I don't know what it, it... It wasn't, like, within the first week, but it was something. It was very early on. Uh, Yeah, and he's all like, yeah, we're going to have babies. And she's like, I don't I don't know about this. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and 
like I think even when she said that it's even not as serious as I don't know if I'll ever have babies with you so much as I'm literally on the pill right now my guy it's not gonna happen right (laughs) so go ahead go ahead oh I was just gonna say so he just like freaks out on her yes like they're in the middle of either of like foreplay or something and he has a full-on temper tantrum oh yeah he temper tantrums a lot yes and takes her pills and goes oh yeah and literally dumps all of them down the toilet not just her her birth control which is problematic enough but also the medication that she uses to help like manage her adhd and, Adderall. yeah yeah and her vitamins which and her we vitamins do find out the vitamins are poisoned um, or are poisoned from her mother but i like could not comprehend in that moment how you can be redeemed from an act like that yeah i would have lost my damn mind on him especially because he never fucking apologizes Mm -hmm. like he never has a moment where he was like you know what i was out of my fucking mind and just the fact that i'm around you and we haven't solidified our mating bond it's making me fucking crazy and i'm sorry and i'm gonna do everything in my power to do better no instead he goes yeah well you know what dump your shit and now i'm gonna fuck off and not give you any attention in this place where you don't know anybody and you don't have a clue how to like just live your life here. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to yeet myself out of here and you can handle it yourself, which is also fucking abusive. Oh, for sure. And then Julia helps her find her vitamins and ADHD medication from like her luggage or something that hadn't quite made it to the compound. I don't remember, but they she didn't have any more birth control. So they go to Cesar who is supposed to be in charge of everybody's like medical and spiritual health in the community and are like, hey, she needs more birth control. And he's like, I don't know. That might not be okay with Sal. Yeah, he was reluctant to do it. And I'm like, you don't get a choice, bud. Dude. Cesar's also on my shit list. Yeah. Yeah. Because in my head, I'm like, I don't care if Sal likes it or dislikes it. It's my body. I want my birth control. Yes. The fuck. Well, and you know, she never really mentions that this is a factor. The big issue I have with the birth control thing is that it's not even just like she has every fucking right to decide how she's going to handle her reproductive situation, right? But like for many AFAB people who are going through all of this, birth control isn't just used for that. Right. Like mm-hmm. for the longest time, it was the only thing that would make my cramp situation survivable. <laughs> Or like there are other people who have to take it for endometriosis or or other health issues. And, and it's just like you didn't you didn't even stop to consider her fucking health. The like, whole reason I got on it in the first place was because I was having uh, migraines every month. Yeah. Right. Like there's a million and one reasons for people to take birth control that aren't related to their reproductive health right. specifically. Well, and if she's taking hormonal birth control, which we don't know, and taking ADHD medication, you just threw her in a whirlwind of mental bullshit. Yeah. And that's... So, birth control pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Adderall made me fucking livid. You can't cold turkey Adderall. Don't no. be doing that shit. It's really bad for your mental health. ADHD, yes, I have ADHD. I am not medicated because I choose not to be. I have learned over my 36 years of life how to recognize certain things in my ADHD so I can not control it, but understand and deal with certain things about it. That's not for everybody. And it took a long time for me to get there. Mm -hmm. But to cold turkey your ADHD medication, 
you feel like you're going fucking crazy, man. So you're going to have her have that on top of being in an unknown location where she can't contact anybody back home. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know any of these people. Oh, and then you're just going to ghost for like several days because you think you need space. On top of a hormonal imbalance because of getting rid of her birth control. Yeah. Because coming off of birth control is not a peach either. No. Right. And here's the other thing is she's, oh, he already knows she's got mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Like his first impression of her is, is this really the woman I got married to? The little girl I got married to? Right. Um, is, Is this the same woman? Because she's so locked down and different. So here, like, he might not have a tangible word to apply to it, the, like, depression, anxiety, or anything like that, but he knows that there's already something affecting her. And he goes, I know what will make this better. Let me just fuck her up completely by throwing out the medication that she relies on. Yeah. Uh, His other way to get her to, like, be better or be her old self as if trauma and PTSD and all of that shit can just be like erased in one action mm-hmm. is to have extremely aggressive sex with her without talking about it ahead of time and like belting her and all of that stuff which again if you're into that cool but you know you don't just spring that on somebody if you're into that cool and she was however you still need to have the conversations and well- aftercare. And here's the other thing is he reacts badly whenever she has a change of heart or changes her mind about mm-hmm. anything, yeah. Yeah. whether it's like about what she wants to do in the ba- bedroom or not do in the bedroom. Right. Like anytime she changes her mind and I'm like, do you know how hard it is to not be changeable when you're suddenly at, in a hormonal balance and your medication is off? Well, and the other thing is she's had so Weirdly, arguably, she has more freedom here than she has had at home, Mm -hmm. but she's not had any freedom at all for most of her life, so there's also got to be the whiplash of that to a degree, too. Her whole life has been controlled down to how she decorates her apartment, Mm -hmm. and Sal's, like, solution to that is to control her, Mm -hmm. which just seems a little ass backwards to me. Mm -hmm. But when she throws the shit on his shoes, I'm like, yes! She does finally get there, but... So what this sort of reminds me of, and this isn't me trying to like shit on the story, but it is me shitting on Sal, is so Gypsy Rose, Mm -hmm. if you're not familiar with her case, um, was abused by her mother her whole fucking life. And then um, I I won't spoil the surprise for you if you like true crime. Go look her up. And so she ends up in prison and she's quoted as saying is she's happier there. She's happier in prison, right? And I don't think this is terribly different, at least early on, in that she is released from the prison that is living and dealing with her mother and her everything, right? And so she's got a bit, like, exactly like you say, a bit more freedom here. So is tolerating Sal acting like a complete asshole worth it? Maybe, you know? Well, you mentioned something really interesting about we're not shitting on the book, we're shitting on Sal. And that seems a little counterintuitive, right? Because one of the main pieces of the book is Sal. But if you took Sal out of the book, I would have really enjoyed this book. Yes. That's the that's the thing that is so conflicting to me mm-hmm. is every other aspect I enjoyed. I liked the other characters. I do wish the people in the community maybe would have stood up for her a little bit more. Yes. Yeah. She needed a little bit more support. But... It's just that son of a bitch who I want to stab in the eye. Her mentor. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about him? Surely. 
I love him. His purpose in being her mentor is because Sal was like, she needs somebody that she can talk to that isn't going to report back to me. Because that man could kick everybody's ass in that entire thing, and he knows it. Mm-hmm. Didn't you feel terribly sad for him? Like, you get a lot of his backstory, and, I, and I'm sorry, I don't, it's not that I don't remember his name, it's that I can't, can't pronounce, it. pronounce it. But you get his whole backstory of, like, how he was raised... Or, or at some point in time was in this like slave indentured servitude situation in these like coffee fields and he had found who this woman that he really loved or liked but they were both working there and he was like that probably was my mate mm-hmm. uh and it's just it's like a really sad backstory and i'm like can he have his own book can he have his own his own lovely romance <laughs> <laughs> I do. I loved him so much. He he was gruff and funny and he taught her all these sorts of things. And one of my favorite moments is because he, he takes her out to get a particular soil mud for pottery, but there was crocodiles all over the thing. And he's like, okay, well, you know, you have to ask the the crocodile spirit the the biggest one who is who is their god or whatever to take them all out they'll watch and then we can take exactly three scoops and then you have hay with a secret like he what he weaves this big story and Mm -hmm. everything and he gives her the knife that he gives her and he has her cut into the soil and whisper a secret into the soil and then the crocodile actually does come up and like lay on top of it and she goes does do you accept it and he's like it's just a crocodile. I just felt like you needed to get some shit off your chest. And she's like, ah, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> I think that he should have stood up for her more. I yeah, feel I like their entire community should have stood up for her more. If she's quote unquote this queen mm-hmm. to their society, then it's like, maybe you could try t- treating her like one. I think the the part of that that is perhaps a little conflicting or not conflicting, but like I'm churning it over in my brain is a, they thought Sal was telling her what the hell was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Because repeatedly they would be like, wait a minute, you don't know what we even are. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you don't know what's going on. You don't know why he gave you those special feathers. Right. And you are putting them in your hair every day. Okay. It's a bold choice. (laughs) Um, But the kind of impression I got is that other than people like Cesar and Sal and Antonio, it kind of sounded like a lot of the people in the community didn't leave the community very often. Mm -hmm. And so I could kind of see how they wouldn't interpret maybe some of Sal and Sochi's relationship as negatively as we do. I mean, some of it, like the pills and stuff, I think anybody would have to, obviously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But... Julio is pissed. But they are a more aggressive people. Yes. Right? So kind of like yelling at each other or like... Or boldly fucking in front of the fence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. A-OK. Which, the, the, I got to talk about the, the scene leading up to that because that was another moment that pissed me off royally. So they do the do. Sal finishes in front of her, not in front of her, in her. And he goes... Um, we're gonna go on a trip and she's like oh my god i get to leave the compound this is amazing and he's like yeah but i'm gonna tape tape yeah that that hurt my hoo-ha he took fucking sport tape and taped up her hoo-ha so that the cum wouldn't come out and my god just makes me itchy well and like again it comes down to he's like oh i'll do whatever it takes to protect you and take good care of you and blah 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 i'm full of shit and i'm sal and the thing is like 
She talks about how fucking chafed her thighs are getting, trying to just hold this shit in so she doesn't go splooch on the fucking ground. And I'm like, I'm sorry. In what way is this A, like if you're going for sexy, no, I'm sorry, it's not. B, if you're going for like, uh, she's going to prove herself to me, eat shit, Sal. Um, <laughs> but see, you use a butt plug. Well, yes. But also, bitch, that is not care. No. No, it's not. And especially because wasn't that the first time that they had, like, finished together? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, we're just jumping all of the way mm-hmm. to... We're jumping beyond the points. There's, yeah. You're, you're skipping steps. And they and are important steps. And the key thing that, like, not to, you know, beat a dead horse here, but... She is not in a position where she can really give consent properly, mm-hmm. no. neither mentally or, you know, just her surroundings, her environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because when you're being held hostage, which is what she was, yes, mm-hmm. you can't just be like, no, I don't want to because you have no idea what else he could do. Well, yeah. and the consequences that she has to face whenever she does say, no, I don't want to. Yeah. Are pretty severe. And like... You cannot say that she could go at any time and then when she runs away, drag her back kicking and screaming and then punish her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, no. Because uh, it would be one thing, right? Because this the, the scene then when they go into town where she has to hold her hoo-ha together, mm-hmm. which I would be like, bitch, I got to go to the bathroom. This is coming off. <laughs> Granted, I also would have stabbed him in the eye by this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> same. Uh, he justifies... As she, she runs away from him, gets into a taxi, and he justifies going after her and dragging her back because she went into an a-, a taxi um that was being driven by a different Kajeho tribe person. And he's like, that person's so dangerous. She could have ended up getting like abducted or kidnapped or something. And I'm just like, she has been. She, she did. He, he's always doing the, sa- the same like dub- double fucking standard. Mm-hmm. So like one aspect we really haven't talked about is the her fiance, right? <laughs> um, she's been forced into this engagement by her mother. It does not seem like he loves her or likes her for that matter. And yet he's determined to marry her. Yeah. As you find out later, he paid for her. Yeah, which is super gross. Gross. So she's like, fuck this shit, I'm out. And at some point... Sal starts to make it get through to her that, you know, she wasn't in, she wasn't in a place. Give consent, which means this man was assaulting her over and over again and walks face first into the fucking point so hard that he doesn't have a face anymore. It's broken off mm-hmm. and does not seem to understand that he has also placed her in a position where she is not able to say no right. and has never said yes. He does the same thing when he talks about, I believe it's Antonio and um, another member of their community. And he's thinking like Antonio had done something to assault this woman. Mm-hmm. And the only reason he is still alive is because I, I believe she did not want him to be de- killed or something. I don't remember exactly. But the, the, but the point is, is that Sal is thinking, having this whole monologue in his brain where he's like, uh, assault on your partner essay is physical abuse all that is not condoned you know we we kill people for that we excommunicate people for that that would never happen around here we don't put up with that and i'm like bro you turn your ass around and look about what you just did in your bedroom Mm -hmm. right 
And that's the thing, and that's why we've brought it up, I think, multiple times now, where there's a distinction from what he's doing and BDSM, because it's not that this is dark romance and what he's doing is okay because, like, it's dark. It's he is justifying what he is doing as being okay, regardless of how she's impacted. One, One thing I've come to realize is I think maybe my objection to dark romance is that I had in my head a different idea of what it was going to be i had literally never read a dark romance before we started this podcast so i was thinking that this was going to be the that the characters were doing dark things collectively together um or or that that they were at their core they still loved and respected one another but that there was something about their lives that was dark right right and instead it's just fuck women like i don't get it and i like if there are suggestions that people have that aren't that, please send them my way. But if it's literally just objectify and abuse women and that's dark romance, I'm not judging you for for wanting to read that, but I know it's not for me. There there has to be, right? Because like, um, there's so many books out there. So there has to be dark romance where it's not about something they're doing to each other it has to be like like you said that they still love each other and maybe they do have to do terrible things to each other because of outside circumstances mm-hmm. but like their their true intention towards each other is love and respect well a couple that i sort of had in mind uh, as a thought process with this if you're familiar with the show charmed there's a character phoebe and cole and they've got like a whole fucked up situation going and at the core of their romantic relationship they are truly fucking in love they they do really want to be with each other and they've just got the insurmountable factor of him being half demon and her being a a charmed one a good witch right and uh, there is a path that they could have kept going on where phoebe and cole are evil together and that's where i thought dark romance was leading me and instead it was like it's just every single one that we've read so far has been how can i torture this woman and yet still convince her that i love her right yeah but to be fair i think like talking about obsidian feathers here i think sal does really believe he's doing the right thing which almost makes it worse yeah yeah Yeah. like how fucked are you in the head that you go yeah this is gonna be good for her (laughs) anyway we should probably move on to the things that we did like and so literally everything but sal yeah Um, So one thing we have not talked about much is the creatures. There are two types of these creatures, the light and the dark. Um, The dark ones feed, like actually physically feed off of the emotion of fear and the bad emotions, fear, anger, that kind of thing is what they they actually physically feed off of. Um, And then the white ones feed on joy Mm -hmm. and the good emotions, which as long as you know how to do it properly is fine, but almost terrifies me more if you really stop to think about it. Well, they mention, because eventually Sochi finds out she is also or a Kajeho or has a Kajeho spirit, mm-hmm. and she is a white one or light or whatever. And they warned her when they were teaching her how to feed that you have to be very careful because if you go too far, the person you're feeding off of will never feel joy again, mm-hmm. which is terrifying. Yes, absolutely. Um, I did like when the, the scene where they teaches her how to feed yeah that was that was cute that was cute he takes her dancing they're having a cute little dance moment and he's 
letting her feed off of the people around her and making sure that she's doing it responsibly and respectfully and, you know, carefully so that she, she doesn't hurt anyone. And taking just a little bit from each person as opposed right. to, like, going downtown on, like, one person and just stealing all of their joy. Mm-hmm. Like a dementor or something. Right. Yes. Which would probably be easier to feed if you were a, a white or light Kajeho because, like, you just go find places where people are happy, right? Like, they went to a restaurant that had, like, a, a big outdoor, like, patio dance space, and they just, like, they dance just with people. In the middle. Yeah. Where do you go if you want to find the bad emotions? Do you go to, like, a hospital or something? You cause the bad emotions. At what? least you do in this book. Yeah, they yeah. do. Or she gets fucking terrified and then runs through the fucking place not to do with anything with him that had to do with she found jake's ring which mm-hmm. does technically have to do something with him because sal's the one that murdered jake right yes but she was not upset about that she was upset about the thought that jake was there because then her mother knows that she was there and she was terrified of being taken back to her mother i do think it's funny and not funny haha but funny weird <laughs> that when she does find out that sal has killed jake yeah she's just like sal you can't you can't kill people okay like don't do that and he's like can i though and like that's the conversation they're done yeah. whatever it's in the past i kill whoever i want and like <laughs> in my in my head all i could think of was talking mamas where they're like you can't do that carl it kills people <laughs> Um, I think that, though, also opens up the door for Sochi, right? Because she's like, oh, yeah, you sometimes you can just kill people. <laughs> Boy, does she. Yeah, wow. she does. She, get, she gets in there. Yep, she does. And the, the main scene that I think we're all talking about is when they kill Shane. Ah, oh, Shane. What a fuck face. Mm. So her asshole fiance shows up and is like, I'm going to take her back. Well, it's important to acknowledge that while Sal fucked up in many ways, he did not fail to warn Shane of the consequences of his actions of showing up. True, true. You know? He flat out told him, if you come for my mate, I will fuck her on your corpse. And he delivers. Yep. I remember when I was reading that, I was like, okay, you don't need to be so fucking dramatic. (laughs) And then it turns out I was wrong. (laughs) He did need to be that dramatic. I the The thing I didn't like about that scene, surprisingly, I actually thought that scene was very appropriate for the story um the one thing i didn't like about that is shane shows up and so sal is like gonna go after him and sochi is like no i'm gonna kill him and sal's like no he's mine and i'm just like no he's not if yeah. anybody's going to murder him it's going to be the one that has been abused by him for right? years mm-hmm. well and even caesar is like no he needs this and i was like bitch again failing me caesar like you're you're, you're almost good and then you're like do some dumb fuck shit like that where i just want to punch you in the nads but like yeah it should be her she's like oh god anyway ultimately it is her i'm getting heated again well yeah i mean sal does you know stab him up into the dick and i think also slit his throat oh i thought he cut it off I don't know. Both, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but then, I know he had to get, he had to cut him across the gut because then Sochi, when they're fucking on Shane's almost corpse, because he's not actually dead yet. Well, I don't think they were actually physically on him. I they think were they like, were hovering right above him. Yeah. Yeah. But it was definitely close enough that yes. she could like suck the life out of him which is how it was described almost dementor style and yes. shove her hand into his chest cavity 
and like squeeze, squeeze his, his heart. heart. Yeah. Which <laughs> did something for me. I don't know why. Oh, no, I know. I, I'm there with you, weirdly enough. Uh, it's a very dramatic turn for Sochi. But yeah, kind of proud. <laughs> is that also the scene where she then starts biting off pieces of Shane to feed to the other women? Yeah. Yes. And like that's the this moment where like she does finally seem to get this queen status that they've all been saying she has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, she's got her first kill, so she's one of us now. To which I sort of say, like, I get... I get the cultural idea, but you know what? You could still just not have treated her quite as shit. Right. Just going to say that as many times as it's needed. But I will say about that scene, that scene was a lot to process. It was. (laughs) And it was at that point that I, I put down my Kindle. And I walked to my fridge. My fridge had a cheesecake in it. <laughs> and I went to that che- cheesecake and I pulled it out. And I went to have my first bite and I just screamed into the cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, I recommend it. 10 out of 10 therapy. Uh, screaming into your cheesecake. I had not a cheesecake. I had the tub of the no-bake cheesecake that you're supposed to put in a crust. Uh-huh. But why? That's just one extra step. But that's just one extra step. So <laughs> I put a spoon in the tub of cheesecake. Did filling. you scream into it? I did not scream into the cheesecake. Ten out of ten would recommend. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I also like that after that scene. I believe it's. I believe it's or or during that scene when Cesar goes to Sal and is like, "Are you a little like nervous that she could actually like usurp you?" Mm-hmm. And Sal's like, "Nah, it's hot." And I think there is an interpretation of Sal, one that the three of us don't have, but I think there (laughs) is an interpretation of him of where he sticks by Sochi no matter what she's emotionally going through, right? I think there is a way to interpret his actions as being extremely loyal. And I can see that. Absolutely. Still going to stab him in the eye, though. Still going to stab him. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Listen, like... He would have to do a lifetime of making shit up and not also continue to fuck up. And I would still sort of be like a little stabbing just just for good measure. Just just (laughs) the tip of the knife. Well, he doesn't need two eyes. So yeah. Speaking of stabbing, because I want to stab her as well. Can we talk about her mother? Oh, fuck that woman. She's the only person I hate more than Sal. (laughs) But I I think she's an extremely good character. Oh, Um, yeah. I just hate her emotionally but like she's this person you're supposed to hate in this book you find out that her mother has been poisoning her her entire life and not only her but all three of her children to the point that she well i guess I sh- we should back up and, and clarify all three of her children uh have a, a kajeho spirit yes. yeah and she realizes this after her husband has been mysteriously de- deported it feels very heavily implied that she made that happen yeah yeah i yeah and and so they don't know her her dad's alive or dead or anything for that matter. Um, but when they were just under just under their mother's thumb, she abuses her siblings to the point that her brother no longer has this, his spirit, and her her sister has been sold off somewhere, yeah. or at least that's what she tells Sochi. We don't really know for sure, right? Yeah. The other thing that I'm confused about, and, and maybe this is just my impression. So her mother's family is from Mexico. So um, I'm what, but I was wondering if maybe the Cajejo is on her mother's side, not her father's. It's very possible. Her mom gave her no answers. Yeah, just but, more questions. Yeah, exactly. 
but so she got remarried and became the rich bitch Mm -hmm. and that's when every you know all appearances because she didn't oh she wasn't always terrible to them well i don't know about that yeah there was this mysterious grandparent situation that they grew up with but then when annette married the the stepfather they just she would never allow them to see them anymore right. right and the only reason that sochi still has her spirit is because she gets buried underneath the poison mm-hmm. yeah rather than being ejected by it and there's a like very visceral description from sochi about her brother roberto coughing up black goo violently and her going to her mother and saying like the fuck mom I mean, she didn't say that, but you know. Yeah. She woke her mother up in the middle of the night to be like, he needs help. Yeah. And then Annette just came in, looked at him, and then went back to bed. Right. I, that was the, like, I already hated this bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was so much about this bitch that I hated, but that moment. Well, I think one really successful thing in the book that the author does is she makes Annette hateable instantaneously. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. yet somehow managed to, like, beat after beat after beat make me hate her more and more and more and more well like, and we haven't even talked about her worst offense but it's yeah. also sal's offense and that is jamal that poor kid oh that poor so kid. what one might do if you had just attacked another kajeho community which we also haven't talked about yes because at some point sochi does manage to get up the gumption to run away and ru- gets caught up with this other community but we'll mm-hmm. talk about that in a minute. So they've just laid waste to as many of them as they thought they could and have rescued Sochi. You might think, oh, I'm going to keep a better eye on people because we're not as secure maybe as thought we were. And instead, when it what is Jamal like eight or ten? He's ten. Ten. Yeah. A ten year old child disappears and you go, Yeah, he probably just like got his Kajeho and is off doing that and communing with his spirit and all that don't worry about it and like sochi is like immediately like huge red flags something's happened to this kid and it's only after like two or three days that they finally start a search party for him Mm -hmm. so then when we finally have this meeting with annette so she is confident that she has jamal and is fucking right and has drowned him in a pool of the very plant that they've described as being poisonous fatal like super poisonous the smoke even from it burning could take them out right well because we have the scene long before that where everybody finds the just one plant of it growing too close to the compound and Sochi because they didn't know she also had a Kajeho spirit is the only person that can go and like literally dig it up and remove it Mm -hmm. like they can't even like get close enough to touch it or burn it it is it reminds me of Vervain in the Vampire Diaries Mm -hmm. yeah and so Sal has just completely neglected his responsibility as the leader of this community and is somehow surprised at the outcome she literally drowns him in a swimming pool of poison. Yeah. Which it does another thing, right, um, that Sochi realizes is because his body is sunk to the bottom of this poisonous water, nobody would be able to fish him out. Sochi is able to because she's built up this tolerance because the vitamins we later find out that she's been taking are the poison her mother's been giving her. So she's able to get the, the body out. Because she's had such a tolerance to it at this right. point. So her mother is not only ki- kidnapping and then killing a child, 
is then making his body like unretrievable exactly yeah and sochi does something and i think this is really the first step to the community fully accepting her like yes killing shane was a big step but she decides to rip her mother's eyes out and her arms off and then refuses to go through with the rest of the kill because she wants her jamal's mother to be able to finish it off right Mm -hmm. Well, talking about Sochi's mother does bring up um, something we haven't touched on too much, which is her Kajeho spirit, uh, which is this additional character we get like three fourths the way into the book, who is probably my favorite character. I love her. Because like one of the first things she says to Sal is, if you fuck up again, I'll kill you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. She comes into this whole equation and is like, I've been watching everything and you fuck you yeah just so you know fuck you i will kill you i don't give a shit mate or no mate i will fucking kill you (laughs) right her whole vibe is you fuck with my girl you die right and i can get behind that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i i like that uh she's got something to balance Sal out by which is an all-powerful beastie who will fuck him and his own beastie up sideways yeah they do make her out to be like almost goddess like Mm mm-hmm well, and so it's implied that she has not, ne- this is her first time coming to Earth, so to speak. Right. And basically is like, she's a rainbow goddess. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, great. <laughs> I'm fully behind this. Continue. <laughs> I was all about her description. The description of her, the rainbow goddess. I was like, ooh, she's real pity and she's mm-hmm. real big. And she also gives Sochi this like, power because everybody gets some sort of like powers uh from their kajeho spirit other than just the transformation but sochi can like see everybody else's spirit around them which apparently is also so rare that cesar is like i don't know what to do with you i don't know and she she has a hard time looking at cesar then because he looks like he's rotting away kind of Mm -hmm. well it is described that to be a healer he has to like give up a lot of his power Mm -hmm. so he's physically kind of weak and frail smoke coming out of sal's eyes and and mouth i'm like that would be so distracting for me i think she eventually gets it under control doesn't she a little bit yeah i i think she comes to like it i don't know that it it ever really stops oh i think she just gets used to seeing it but it like you would anything really Mm -hmm. but it it would freak me out i'd be like i the mouth i could maybe deal with the eyes would freak me the fuck out a lot. Oh, I'm the other way. I'm like, the eyes would be cool, but the mouth, I'd be like, it's too distracting. I'd be like, shut your mouth. <laughs> You're too smoky. <laughs> I'd be afraid to kiss him, right? Uh, yeah, I wonder if seeing their, their physical difference uh, makes your interacting with them also. Like, mm. does she feel the smoke now that she can see it? Oh, yeah. That you would know? be an interesting thing. That, I don't know. Does it feel like the vapors? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I have to say it like that every single time, but I must. It must be done. And her spirit comes out when they are in that other Kajeho camp. So the thing that Wiggle said we would talk about in a minute, we've we've now arrived at. We're at that hey, minute. It's been a minute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was like five, but... also really fucked up. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, I mean it starts fucked up, and then it goes. You're going to the top 
of of the roller coaster. Hold on, <laughs> because at first you're like, oh, I think that maybe the creepy old lady who picked her up on the side of the road and her weird son are doing something weird to our girl. Okay, yeah. um, but maybe it's just the people who give off weird vibes. You never know, right? And then you're like, oh, I'm pretty sure they're like feeding off of her. If I've read the context of the other parts of the book correctly, uh, that's pretty fucked. And then like finally. <laughs> Sal comes into the rescue and is like, I'm gonna, we're gonna fuck up all y'all. We're gonna kill you all. It's gonna be great. And you're like, okay, so this is going to be this great moment where Sochi's gonna stand up to him because naturally she's gonna be like, don't be fucking killing them kids. And you're like, okay, I know where this is going. I'm prepared. And then, no, you're wrong because guess what? The kids are cannibals. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So how this group of Kajehos have decided to feed themselves is to literally, at least with the children, let them feed on this like field of women. I, I know it's not a field of women, but the way it was described was a field, <laughs> field of, of women. women. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's their own fucking mothers. Oh, that was I don't know if I'm interpreting it correctly, but that because I didn't want to linger yeah if you know what i mean and so it's just sort of like okay okay i get i get it i get it and then sal and his group have decided that these children are too far gone to save and they just murder everyone yeah they just murder every child and the reason that sal's a dumbass um (laughs) amongst others is that they get okay we killed them all so everything's fine but it's like um no you just killed the ones who happened to be there at the time there's a whole bunch of them who are out hunting yeah it's like did you not notice that that they were kind of weak like they didn't have the full force behind them uh, okay the thing i don't understand though is there is a council of the different kajeho dri- tribes and everybody they all was, knew they all knew and they were just cool they were like you know what sometimes cannibals be cannibaling <laughs> don't worry about it but they were not cool with sal going in there to save sochi they were like nay nay you're stepping you're overstepping here sal well the, him and caesar already have uh like an issue with this council because he went to them before and was like look i gotta go get my mate can i not kill my dad because apparently you have to be risen to your full rank in order to claim your mate and in order to do that his dad needs to die and give up the position so they were like called stepping down man why you gotta be so dramatic no apparently death is a must so fuck you and fuck your dad (laughs) i just i just in my brain think maybe if his dad was alive he could have stopped sal from doing some of the things he did yes he could have just been like listen son i need you to be less (laughs) (laughs) you're going too hard and uh it doesn't seem very successful (laughs) uh yeah well and so then it becomes this like weird thing where Sal's like, actually, we're not here to ask permission. We're just letting you know on our way over. Well, they came to ask permission, but then when it wasn't going his way, he's like, here's the thing. Courtesy, not not asking. He like fully goes into the Kadeho version of like, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. Yep. And you're like, okay, sure. Alrighty. Why not? And the your cool person, because there was actually one your cool person, yeah. is their community's representative on the council, who is this like ancient <laughs> yes. woman who 
drops this like broken goddess comment yeah and i'm like what are you talking about and guess what guys we never know we never know yeah. we, we don't, don't know and then there's those like dead hummingbirds around yes which yeah. we never get an explanation for nope. no but that is really nice imagery so i, I want to call out another moment of her world building that's really awesome is there's a whole moment where Sochi's mentor is talking to her about um, the story of the hummingbird and the marigold and basically how it was these two gods that uh, couldn't be together. Uh, I can't remember the reason, I'll be completely honest, and have been further represented in their culture perpetually as the hummingbird and the marigold because then they're always together. Right. And so when all these hummingbirds are suddenly just like fucking dead with no explanation, you're like, that's not good. And then there was a whole thing where there was knocking at the same time. Bells. Bells. Why do I keep thinking it's knocking? It's, I don't know. It sounded like somebody was dancing in the temple. That's that's it. With bells on. And then when they walked in the room, there was nobody in there, but there was bells and hummingbird skulls. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe it's maybe there's a third book coming out and that's going to answer all of our questions. I would imagine there's got to be something because there's still Sochi's sister yes, that yeah. they need to find. And this doctor guy who had been buying and offered to pay a crap load of money for Sochi so that he can be doing these experiments on them. Well, and also Roberto, right? Yeah. Like he's like, yes, we don't know. Maybe he could be healed. Maybe like he could still like work out. I don't know. We don't know. The point is, he's not under his mom's thumb anymore. So who is he without that influence? That's true. Because he is kind of a dick under his mom's thumb. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not as bad as she was. And I don't think he had any idea what was actually happening. Mm -hmm. But he was running for public office, which... At her behest. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of think that he's in the same situation as Sochi, where he's just like... I, 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 he's been so beaten down and traumatized mm-hmm. and manipulated that he's like, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. I'd love him to just drag her name through the fucking. Mo- I want a book where he shows up and like finds his own Kajeho lovely person partner, and maybe he does get healed. But I hope it's it's her or, or her good best good buddy well, Julia. Th- think about this. The, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this one for free. <laughs> so. Roberto comes looking for his sister because he's like, yeah, his mom is missing also. And now and his sister is missing. And he's like, the fuck is going on? And it turns out that he is mated to somebody there. But because his spirit is gone, they can't make the proper connection. So the whole book is about trying to like love a person where they're at. That's too soft. Bucket. <laughs> <laughs> they just have to murder a bunch of people in the process. And yeah, it's fine. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you. That's how you get your spirit back. So you just kill more people. <laughs> I mean, they're by a volcano. We can sacrifice somebody. Maybe they have to go on a hunt for all the for that bad tribe, the cannibal tribe. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Maybe you have to earn it back. You know, you yeah. know, in order for them to be like, okay, we'll trust you again. <laughs> Here's another one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh no. <laughs> I thought for sure that the second book was going to be about Caesar and her sister. I think oh. it's still coming. Like, I don't know. I, I'm not going to try to predict, but also my internal thought process is Caesar, because he's already on this mission. The one chapter we get from his perspective is him being like, okay, I'm going to have to go like hunt down this doctor and figure out like who out there in the world knows about us and is like trying to experiment on us and what they're trying to do. And that's how he finds Sochi's sister. Mm-hmm. And that's how things go down. Yeah. 
Also, they made multiple jokes about, he's like, well, you're you're a celibate priest. And he's like, who the fuck says I'm celibate? Although he is. I mean, yes. <laughs> that's not, I think that's a, that's not a religious choice. That is a lack of people. Well, and also like when you're in a position of power like that. Yeah. And he had a dream or a, a vision at one point of his mate. Yes. So I can imagine it's like, well, I already know the perfect person for me exists. I don't know. I could also envision her sister, right? She's probably been experimented on, tortured. She's got a lot of her own like issues with her physical self. He doesn't look too like physically strong because of the way his Kajeho uh-huh. manifests. Maybe there's a whole like subplot about them like accepting who they are physically. And I like that. That's the book I want to read. <laughs> <laughs> so so you've got two free novels. Enjoy. <laughs> Actually, you know, maybe don't listen to this. <laughs> we can't be trusted. Um, okay, so I want to talk about something. Okay. So after they kill Shane and, and his bodyguards uh, pretty ruthlessly, uh, you know, they, they have this big moment where she's dishing out food. And I lo- really like that the ladies get to have their fill first like there's just suddenly this like community of women that are like yeah this is our fucking shit and we're her honor guard now because she killed people and she offered us his body to eat (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute is this not cannibalism now um okay we go move past it it's fine but i did really like that part it just felt like all the promises that we were given earlier on in the book were sort of coming true. Yeah. There, there is also a like subtext, or maybe this is just my projection, that the women in this media are actually far more ruthless than the men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say there is a moment where they talk about in most of the communities, um, the strongest eat first. Mm-hmm. But that is not the way that Sal has been running his community or the way his father ran it before him. It's always that the, the the weakest among them ate first because they are the ones who needed it. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that that aspect of it. Also, I want to talk about the wedding. I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, <laughs> the biggest one is like, so, okay, that whole ceremony is a lot. But I want to talk about how weird Sochi and Sal suddenly get they their their conversations are super gross like for them being all like um I'm just gonna fuck you up this whole whole book then there's suddenly lines like there'll be no need for that my heart and balls have belonged to you since we were children why that line would be so cute if we didn't say the word balls right like just <laughs> they were like what if we took cute and mixed it with sex and I was like that no mm. I don't need the word balls and children in the same right? sentence unless we're talking about baseball yeah it was almost like they were overkilling like making up for uh, them not being nice to each other throughout the whole book so they were like now they're gonna be that annoy- annoying couple that's like all over each other and you're just at a restaurant right you're just trying to eat <laughs> just trying to enjoy your life and then like your, your new couple friends are like in each other's laps touching and you're like could you just like could you not tone it down i cannot just tone it down couple thankfully most <laughs> of our friends have never been those couples just don't you fucking say shit about me over there you have never been that couple to me i mean you guys paw i don't each have other, but a in... statement for that, response <laughs> for that you guys paw at each other but actually in a way that it's you're trying to annoy one another <laughs> that's true love guys <laughs> 
Uh, about the wedding, though, like that is the only time, in my opinion, where it feels like the communication between Sal and Sochi is in any way romantic. And, or functional. Yeah. Like, he actually took the time to explain to her what the ceremony was going to be beforehand. Shock. Yeah. Shock that he's capable of that. Well, and he actually explained to her the fact that they're supposed to do the do in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't think I... No, thank you. I, I, I mean, they, they kind of crossed that bridge while they were fucking and murdering in front of everybody. And that's true. true. You know, I feel like after that, just a normal fucking in front of everybody is pretty tame. All right. <laughs> I mean, I could buy that. All right. I, I don't think I could perform. I'd be like, people are seeing things they shouldn't. I would just be too distracted. There's too many things to look at. <laughs> <laughs> also true. I would just like I wouldn't be able to to focus on the good things happening. It would just be like, so how long do we got to do this? <laughs> Why uh, is that person over there looking at me like that? Yeah, I already sometimes have issues during that. I'm like. Hmm. Should I do this? Should I have mac and cheese? Right here? <laughs> I'm terrible. My mind is is so scattered that I'm just like, hmm. I'm constantly thinking about eight different things. Well, it seems like their horniness did not stop after their mating because after he saves her, they do go ahead and do that whole mating thing in a fucking church. And I think on Cesar's bed. Yeah, it's Cesar's room. <laughs> yeah, they that's... destroyed his room. Yeah. That's technically not the mating. The mating no. is at the wedding. Yeah, but like they did. They they go to Pound Town. The, well, she she is she's no longer with Sal. Sal has left the building. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Cadeo is in charge. Let me put it that way. So, like, yeah, they had that whole situation, and they did not seem to slow down on the, like, need to fuck each other constantly at any point. Well, after the wedding, they get literally, like, bricked into a hut for, I don't know, a couple of days or something. They're like, just go fuck until you're dead, please. (laughs) I feel like it smells like... That was my first yeah. thought process. I was like, "It's it's got to be vented." I got. We need to open the windows or something. <laughs> I need ventilation. Can you imagine? Like, it, I can't. In my mind, this like community that they have is not large, right? <laughs> so, like, you're on the other side of their their little setup. <laughs> you're still you're still hearing it. You're like, oh, I just want to go to bed. <laughs> like. Calm down. <laughs> it can't be that good on round four, okay? <laughs> God damn. Uh, at some point, there's chafing. Like, <laughs> just all right, all right. Oh boy. And then you gotta face all those people again after that, you know? Well, I think after you again, fuck <laughs> over the dying <laughs> body of your ex fiance. Yep. Uh, it's game changer for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. You know. I think, like, everyone's just so terrified of them that they're like, just let them fuck wherever they want. Just, <laughs> just get the kids elsewhere, you know? Like, oh, God. They're they're a terror to that community. I, I totally believe that. They're just like, if they can fuck in front of the fence, they know everyone can see them. They know. They know. The people pretended not to see them. They saw. Everyone they saw. saw. And then they're, they're going to just, like, fuck while they murder people. Everyone saw. They, were, <laughs> they saw the whole thing. They saw the wiggle and the jiggle. <laughs> You know, and <laughs> I just think they're just like, I, I would really like it if you could do it in private. I don't even know if the like getting bricked in was part of the ceremony so much as it was just like, go away. 
those are just my thoughts and opinions. <laughs> just saying, I made one like little annotation in the book, mm-hmm. and it was just a quote that I really liked, and it has to do with Julia. And it's, I decided that Julia was the best thing in El Salvador, and I'd punch a moose for her. Okay, maybe a stuffed moose, but still. Why are you referencing moose? You are from California. I think in Northern California, they can sometimes but make she's from it. San Francisco. Yeah, you make good points. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, she's not from, like, even rural California. Well, you yeah. know, like, just because you haven't seen a moose doesn't mean you don't know it exists. Usually, though, you, you stick with things that you're familiar with. It's true. Like, if I was going to punch something, you know, I mean, my big. first instinct would be a kangaroo because they can fight back. Yeah. <laughs> um, why don't we wrap up the book? Okay. <laughs> so let's start with our ratings. What are your guys's spice rating? It's pretty spicy. Um, I give it like a four. It's it's fairly spicy. They do a lot of stuff. For me, it's got to be at least a four point five. They like they're like uh, we're trying it all. We're going we're going for broke. We're gonna do all of the things and add a add a splash of violence. <laughs> uh, so you know. I'm also going to give it a 4.5, but I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the 5.5 I think I took off because it wasn't like I was like, oh, this is good. I was just like, oh, shit. You're fucking that way now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about romance? I give it like a two. They don't have a lot of romance. The couple of things that I did enjoy was like their little meat cute even though he manufactured it i don't have a problem with the fact that he manufactured it mm-hmm. um but i also like the dancing scene where he's teaching her how to feed responsibly and everything mm-hmm. like that but that's really all they have for romance so i wouldn't i'm gonna give it a one because <laughs> i didn't want them to be together at all uh i wanted her to usurp sal's power and take over the entire place yeah i will give it a 1.5 so that none of us can agree. <laughs> uh, but I wrote a note halfway through reading the book where I was like, if this is a thriller, I'm enjoying this book. And her whole thing is how does she escape this culty place? Yeah. Um, but it, it didn't turn into that. She didn't murder him or stab him like I wanted. I wanted her to go full midsummer and just like, I prepped. And now I don't care if we murder. And she kind of did. Um, but then it was still like, it's a happily ever after romance where I'm going to let this man decide when I get to be pregnant. Isn't that romantic? And I was like, mm, mm, specious. <laughs> <laughs> what about your overall rating then? I give it like a 3.5. I didn't hate the book. There was a lot about the book I liked. I didn't love Sal, but. I, I want to give the book a higher score because I liked so much about it. But like the mailman character being the bane of my existence is really hard to get over. So I think all I can give it is a three. I am actually going to give it a two because this is relative rating, right? And I gave Credence by Penelope Douglas a two, which I liked the writing style in that book. I read it very quickly. I absolutely hated all the characters. (laughs) And that's kind of how I feel about this book because it's like... If you just got rid of the one guy, we could we could probably skyrocket up to maybe a four. But that son of a bitch didn't get stabbed. And I'm sad. This is going to sound a little out of pocket, but I would have rather she ended up with the mentor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that brings us to recommendations. What would you guys say people should check out? Um, so mine is Stolen by the Vampire King. It's by uh, uh, Roxy Ray and uh, Lindsay Devon. Devon. Um, but it kind of has the the like kidnappy aspect of it and the paranormal aspect. So I would recommend A Soul to Heal by Opal Rain. It is a second book in the Dustwalker Bride series. Um, Delora in that book reminds me a lot of Sochi, especially in the beginning, because um, she gets tossed into the veil as punishment for killing her husband because he cheated on her and emotionally abused her. Uh, and then yeah, she just kind of, yeah. <laughs> then she kind of goes through this like really long emotional like journey to kind of get herself out of her depression of being like I've lost everything and now I'm living in the this monstrous forest. Um, and it does remind me a lot of Sochi's journey. So I would choose that book. Wiggles. Okay. So I'm going to recommend uh, Fire Touch by Pat- Patricia Briggs, um, which is one of the Mercy Thompson novels. They have a character called... Uh, Yoel, um, and he is kind of in the vein of this. Um, he's a vo- he's a child of like a volcano god, um, so it's a little different. But uh, similarly, he's kind of dog ish shaped, more panthery. Doesn't matter. Don't get too far into the reality of this because there's also fae and vampires and all this other stuff, and werewolves are a big part of this. And Mercy Thompson herself is also a coyote shifter. It's a whole thing. Don't worry about it. But um, if you're looking for something that is a little bit not just the same old stuff, there you go. It's quite a bit tamer than this book. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Don't read this for spice. Uh, you will be disappointed every time. If you like this, if you liked Obsidian Feathers for Spice, do not read Mercy Thompson novels with the same idea in mind. I'm I'm sorry. I cannot help you on that one. Okay. Well, folks, if you like this episode, you can find us out on the socials at Wrong Dust Jackets on TikTok, Pinterest, Instagram. I just created a Threads account if you're on that uh facebook and the like also find us out on our website at wrongdustjackets.com i do have a full blog post on my review of jane and edward that i talked about at the beginning of the podcast so you can go read that plus a bunch of other um reviews of books and we would love to hear from you so please drop a comment like five stars whatever you got whether that's social media or in your audio podcast listening app that would be spectacular thanks all bye now bye bye Goodbye.